You can't be serious, man. You cannot be serious! We do our wet t-shirt <laughs> contests, and then we dry <laughs> off, and then, you know, talk about Sartre. Oh, he's toying with him now. Hello, Caitlin. How are things? Who is this? I don't recognize your voice. <laughs> it has it has been a minute. Um, surely that's an exaggeration, but it has been months, months. It's been months. It's, it's been, been months. months. I forgot we did a podcast, um, but then you know what happened? What happened? We had we had some fans uh-huh. that were like, "Hey, what happened to your podcast?" And I was like, "Oh, <laughs> you guys were like waiting on that with bated breath." Yeah, exactly. And, and just we gotta do one for the fans. Sure, so. and as a sidebar. Everyone should know, pretty much my fault. I work on a podcast that <laughs> launched, and I was just like totally overwhelmed all the time with a young child and a podcast. And but then, a young uh, child and a podcast. A young it's child a, and a it's podcast. A 2017 media story. <laughs> I know. I read something on Twitter today where some, someone asked, I think like honestly and naively, like what's what's the plural of a bunch of male journalists? <laughs> and someone responded, a podcast. It's uh, so true. If you don't have a podcast, are you even polyamorous? <laughs> <laughs> the parlance of our times my friend the anyway so times. we yeah. we so the last time we talked let me see what happened um it was i believe like right around the u.s open right yep yep, yep. it was the so we the we season. missed the under potentially underappreciated uh asian swing yes yes which we are and big proponents of yep i i am a big proponent of it i do yep. think the season's too long mm-hmm. and I think maybe one of the things we could do, just because these guys really, truly only get like a month and a half of a break yeah, uh, between like the mid-October to, to early November halting of the season to like late December when they're already down under preparing for that swing. I think what we should do is move Asia to the middle of July. Yeah. I think and that... then just give everybody like the whole fall off. Right. Right, it would be really fun because like you kind of get uh, all excited about the Australian Open, and then and then there's a lull. Like, why have a lull, right? Why have a lull? Move it yeah. to the spring, or you know, move it to the middle of the summer. Like, you know, there's there's a way to make the Asia swing, I think, important. But it's yeah. not like it's any warmer there. You know, no. like those guys were pretty bundled in like <laughs> Korea and Shanghai and Beijing. So like, why exactly. not? We forget most of Asia is in the northern hemisphere. So right. why not just put it during like a sort of more cohesive stretch of the season? But yep. anyway, I digress. I yep. like the Asian swing. I think it's great for tennis. Yep. Um, you know, the future, blah blah blah. And there was some good tennis and just like surprising surges towards the end of the year. Yeah, oh, uh, definitely. Which kind of gave us some new a new cast of characters to talk about, which is pretty fun. Yeah, totally. And it was sort of like there was going to be like a year-end tour final for the dudes that didn't have the brand-name guys in the final. Uh, but um, Goffin and Dimitrov was not who I thought <laughs> would be the two no. brand-name guys doing it. Not, you know what I mean? No, I mean, uh, especially after all the Grand Slams, I think everyone sort of assumed it would be a Federer-Nadal showdown in London. Right. Uh, Goffin beat both of them. Little little David Goffin. I mean, I say little good. I don't want to be, you know, I don't want to be dismissive, but he well, is Elfin a he, little bit. He is Elfin. He's tiny. I mean, what do you think he weighs? Like 155 be- so at win. best. After a big breakfast, one 155. Yeah, I um, mean, he's he's a uh, rangy is a word for that. <laughs> rangy. It's crazy. I mean, you have to be like a perfect uh, genius level ball striker to get by on the tour with that. Yeah, he's the yeah. Justine Hennen of the men's tour. <laughs> he really, really, which if anybody listens to the show, they know right. that there is no higher compliment. No, 
Nope. Although uh, it was his opponent in the final that had the beautiful one-hander. Uh, yeah, I, I was just going to say, I wish Guffin no. had a one-hander back in. Dimitrov's game is just pitch perfect. It's right. beautiful. Right, right. Um, I thought it was pretty cool. Like, he was, like, way more aggressive, which is, I guess, not that surprising. If you're playing well, you're more aggressive and all that. But, uh, but yeah, I kind of, I don't know, I never really liked there was like nothing about him that stood out to me, but it was cool to see him. Like clearly he, uh, he was like playing well and taking advantage of it, you know, for long stretches, long stretches. It was great. One of the things that we're starting to get into at racket. Um, and for those of us who never heard a podcast before, uh, I make a print only tennis magazine with my friend David, um, called racket. And, um, one of the things we're starting to do is like a little bit more creative work and branding and, you know, we're doing posters and stuff and we were like, dude, we should just like redo a lot of these players websites cause they're so bad. Yeah. And, uh, you know what Dimitrov says? <laughs> what? Coming soon. <sighs> Which my partner, David sort of said very nicely summed up Dimitrov's career <laughs> until right. this moment, until this moment, Although, you know, heralded forever, perfect, picked perfect game, pretty much the same as Roger Federer's, just like not clutch. And then right. all of a sudden, he surges to the the finals uh, and wins pretty convincingly against Guffin. I was pretty happy for him. I mean, he's got, yeah. you know, I think he's like that generation of the Sangas and the, um, you know, the Isners and stuff who kind of never really broke through, just because right. that top four has kind of smothered them. Right, and he's not oh, as yeah. exciting as like a Zverev or a team, but mm -hmm. like, dude, good for him. Yeah, Ponte got a big title. Yeah, totally. And he's twenty six, so it was like cool to see him win then, because it's like this is like right on the borderline of like if he's twenty eight and he hasn't won anything, then it's like oh, you know, he was just like the super handsome guy who was just like Federer light. But now it's like yeah, he like got this big thing got done. Got a tour final. Got a tour final. It's a big deal. No, um, I, I don't have any tour finals, do you? Uh, I have no tour finals, but you know who got close to a tour final? Uh, surprising was Mr. Jack Sock. Amazing. He is so much fun. He can't, he, he looks disheveled by like the second game of the first set. It's amazing. He always looks out of sorts. It's great. He looks like he just rolled out of the Sigma Alpha Epsilon <laughs> kegger like yep. in a toga on the lawn. Right. Yep. And totally. I, th I have to say, I think most of it is the facial hair. He has a chin strap, but he seems unable to draw to grow a mustache connecting it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, right, right. Dimitrov has that like handsome pan-European oh, stubble. Yeah. Yep. You know, like other clean-shaven players don't even bother. But but Jack Sock, like all he can grow grow is like mutton chops and like neck beard it's just baffling <laughs> uh so i think that accounts for a lot of it plus he's got a lot of junk in the trunk i mean he looks like a you know he looks like a uh horse Full he looks a little bit like a horse <laughs> he's like our most equine of players yeah Jack, he's like Jack a Sock. fratty horse he's like a he is a fratty horse and he has like and he, you know what Yep. He played a great last stretch of the tournament to even qualify for the yeah, finals. Had, I mean, he had no business being in the finals, and then he played great. Yep. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, I can't say I'm like an enormous fan of his, but not mad that uh, it was. I mean, compared to the other dudes who represent America, uh, notwithstanding Riley Opelka and TFO, who I actually both really like, but yeah. like of that sort of ilk of Sam Querrey and Isner and Ryan Harrison, all of whom are like definitely Trump voters. Right. Super fine with Jack Sock. Not not 
that mad about it, to be honest. Not that the politics matter, but they matter. Come on. In the times in which we're living, they matter. So Jack Sock, totally happy for him to make a deep run. Also happy, if I'm candidly speaking, that he didn't win it. But huh, I'm, I'm not. I'm, what, why is well, that? Yeah. Should, I perhaps should examine this. Uh, why yeah. am I happy he didn't win it? Because you learned to hate frat boys at your Division One sports powerhouse school. Is that it? Do you want to know a secret about me? <laughs> sure. You were a frat girl? Wait. I really? was. Get yeah, the I was fuck in a out of here. Okay. I know. All right, explain. No, not many people know that about me. No. Um, the short version is I did it all for the girls. Okay. <laughs> sure. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> that's very understandable. Um, yeah. Was it a good experience? Uh, yeah. It wasn't a bad experience. I was a tri-delt. I was like a really, really, uh, I was like in the Greek est of Greek organizations wow. for, for like my first two years of undergrad in the, uh, you know, at the university of Missouri, this is like a huge state school, um, you know, in which, uh, many a student finds themselves unaffiliated and recruited heavily because they are athletes and why not? Right. So yeah, it was uh, basically there was like this group of cool girls who used to hang out on the roof and smoke cigarettes and drink bourbon. And I thought they were cool and also attractive. So right. that really sealed the deal for me. Yep. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yep. I didn't know that. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So I have some insight into, you know, the pan Hellenic, uh, life that many, an American student partakes in. Right. Uh, but I feel like, you know, Jack Sock as fratty as he is. I think he's from Nebraska. I mean, it doesn't get really more corn fed than that. Right. Right. But he is like this like very culture doubles player though at the same time, right? It's like Yeah, like, I appreciate yeah. the fact that he's he's played doubles. He's won a doubles title. He won it with Vasek Pospisil, the uh Canadian kid. At, at Wimbledon, and, uh, right? Yeah. At Wimbledon, yeah, he's yeah. got a Wimbledon title. And yeah. um you know, he dated Sloan Stevens. Mm-hmm. I don't know, he's kind of an interesting guy. I do I love him? No. And I don't love his game. It's like very American. It's like probably yeah. the most American looking game you can possibly conjure. It's huge forehand. Yeah, uh, lots of inside yeah. out, whippy whippy ground stroke big yep. serve um you know but he has a little bit more flair in all court game and can volley because of the doubles right. uh unlike you know i don't think i've ever seen like sam query do anything impressive at the net so yeah i'm 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 not i think like what was it a semi-final finish uh yeah 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 that's fine yeah great good for yeah. him it is great uh i thought it was really and like the match against verev was great he fired that ball into the stands like way up into the upper deck Always a nice moment. That must be super satisfying. It's, oh yeah, just to hit the shit out of just it. Just to hit the sure. shit. It's like one, uh, like a warning, and then one point. Jesus, everybody should do it every match. <laughs> yeah, at least one point. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. I can exactly. give away a point for that. Yeah. You know, at some point, uh, Zverev, Sasha Zverev, the young German player, is going to have to start answering questions about why he can't play big in big matches. Whoa. Really? Is this a hot yeah. take? I feel this like this is, is, hot, this is this is our this first is hot a, take of this season. I yeah. know. Watch. Preview for 2018. Uh-huh. Uh, he's starting to get a rep for like winning a bunch at sort of the low stakes tournaments, and uh-huh. then when it comes to Grand Slams and now the Tour Finals, he kind of can't deliver. Huh. Interesting. I don't know if that's fair, but yeah. whatever. And he's young, uh, really, really young. He's young. Yeah, yeah, he's like 22. So right. Uh, but yeah, he's got a lot of attitude, which I don't necessarily mind. But you know, at some point when you mouth off a lot. Yeah, you know, people start asking questions, and I think they might uh, starting next year. I was a little sad. Team didn't do it. Team is, I actually think, probably my favorite player on tour. Right. Well, he not really favorite not, player on tour. I mean, he's really the Justine of the tour, right? I mean, he's like he is the Justine of the tour. I yeah. love how I don't know. I love. There's something about his like sort of inner stillness that I really like, and uh, I feel like he's. Um, I maybe I'm re- just reading into how his face is structured, but I uh-huh. feel like he's a bit of a, a poet. 
He's got the soul of a poet, maybe, Chris. Wow. Inner stillness. Damn, Katie. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. You, you have come it's been up, a while. Like, I've had a couple bourbons. You know, I'm, is just, this, I'm letting it rip. Is this how sorority girls like actually talk in the house? Like about yeah. inner stillness yeah. and the face of a poet? Yeah. We, I missed uh, out. You know, we do our wet t-shirt <laughs> contests and then we dry <laughs> off and then, you know, talk about Sartre. Well, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like to, like to with the, with the <laughs> tattoos from Tolstoy yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Deep. Yeah. Um, all right. So women's tour. Let's talk about women's tour. Uh, yeah. yeah, the women actually also had sort of like some interesting, like uh, kind of last minute contenders. Caroline Garcia ended up surging past countrywoman Kiki Mladenovic. Uh-huh. Incidentally, it was revealed, I think, within the past two weeks that she is dating Dominic Team. Wow, weird. Which caused okay. tennis Twitter to like kind of lose their minds because uh-huh. I think uh, dispositionally they might be a bit of a mismatch. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Fire nice. Yep. You know, fire nice. Caroline Garcia, after the two of them had a bit of a conflict, zoomed past Kiki to take the last spot in the WTA Tour Finals. Did not end up actually winning anything, but uh, you know, made it there. And she won. Let's not forget both Beijing and Wuhan, which like is a feat. I don't think many people, if anybody, has accomplished. So she had like a really, really good end of the season. Yeah. Um. And. Uh, uh, Caroline Wozniacki, the less said about her, the better. She won the whole thing. Snooze <laughs> fest. Palooza. Venus Williams, though, what a great season she had coming in second place at at least two Grand Slams, both the Australian and Wimbledon, making the semis of the French and oh, yeah. I think also the US Open. And then ended up coming in runner up for. Uh, for the WTA Tour Finals. Someone asked me on Twitter, uh, a lovely man named David Lux, who listens to the show. Hey, David, um, who's in Phoenix. And he asked me if it was unfair that Garbina Muguruza got named Player of the Year when Venus had yeah. probably a more steady year. Like I said, two Grand Slam finals, one tour final event in Singapore, and then two other Grand Slam semis. Yep. I don't know. What do you think? But she didn't win a tournament. She, won a tournament. she didn't win a Grand Slam. Um yeah, I would say Venus Williams probably uh, probably shouldn't be Player of the Year. She didn't win it, uh, but she's gonna have. This is gonna be like the best, most, um, like like a great forgotten season, right? Like I feel like for sure it's gonna be like a trivia question of like this amazing season she had at thirty six or however old she is. Yeah, I mean I don't have the record in front of me, but she lost what like six matches total the year. Yeah, like yep. she had one of those like Djokovic at the height of his powers, like. Federer, I think, lost five this year. You know, just yeah. like one of these seasons that's just kind of like unreal. Right. Yeah. Which, you know, kudos for her. Um, yeah, because she was and, supposed you know, to be actually, done. Yeah. Here's one thing that's really stupid. Uh-huh. The Singapore tournament, which I actually like, and I like the concept of it, and I like that it's in Singapore, probably because I like Singapore because their food's good, um, <laughs> is before the Elite Trophy, which is sort of also ran tournament. So if you're in the top eight, you make Singapore. If you're like nine through 20 you qualify for the elite trophy which like in the women's tour the rankings are so unstable right which i don't think is a bad thing i actually think it makes for a much more interesting tour but you know you can fight me on this if you want to you, i know you're not going to but i just yeah. mean like world you can fight me on well, this i will come up with a hot take to yell at you just give me a moment yeah. okay great yeah. yeah really 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 mull that one um i actually think the in a lot of cases the tour f- the sort of runner-up tournament can be more interesting just because a lot of the players are a lot more streaky and you get more um, kind of variety of games and some people really do excel on certain surfaces. So yeah. the that tournament itself was amazingly interesting. You had two incredibly compelling finalists, Coco Vandeweghe, who also had a great year and led Fed Cup 
uh, the U.S. to a Fed Cup victory, the first in like 15 years, um, against Julia Gerges, who had an incredible late season run as well, just like Caroline Garcia. Uh, Gerges ended up winning it, I think, in a three-setter and Zuhai. Great, nothing, no critique there. Fantastic tennis. Everybody was like brought their A game, and for the most part, the quality of the matches was just as high, if not higher, than Singapore. But it was after Singapore. Right. Yep. How stupid is that? (laughs) Right, right. It's like the college bowl games that are like after the championship game. Like yeah, it's like March, and you're watching the like Pan Am Airlines Bowl, and you're like, what? Yeah. This isn't even a thing, and it's in you know like Toronto. You're like, nope, none, none of this is right. <laughs> uh, what they should have done is played it the week before and made the person who won it or the two finalists maybe, yeah, be take the last two spots. Yeah. Ooh, smart. Like a play. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Sure. Like we figured this out in other sports. Why can't we figure it in tennis? So yeah. that's my two cents. But yeah, the the year in tournament, like some interesting characters: Coco, Gurgis, Dimitrov. Super pumped, okay. uh, you know, kind of honestly, even super pumped for sock. But I do the men's side was just bananas with how few, yeah, uh, of the top five, uh, top ten were uh, Favrinka, Kenny Shikori, uh, Nadal pulled out after a match. Burdich, like Djokovic yeah. obviously has been gone forever. Burdich, Murray, Dirt. Like if you look at who played last year, I think four of them were returned. Like yeah. it's just <laughs> right. That's crazy. Yeah. Can we jump back a little bit? There's no part of you that's happy for Wozniacki. It's mm. a pretty big moment in her career. <laughs> right? I'm gonna be I'm gonna be totally honest. The okay. only time in my whole life I've been happy for Caroline Goes Wozniacki uh-huh. was when she ran that marathon. Wow. Huh. Yeah. So, <laughs> not when she was like specifically not on a tennis court. That's not at all on a tennis court. And it, coincidentally it was the only time I've ever been remotely interested in a marathon. Huh. Okay. Uh, and it was mainly because she was a woman scorned by that guy who looked, this is going to sound weird, but have you ever met anybody who has a face that looks like if you balled up your fist? <laughs> right, right. Like a, like a face that can't be unclenched, kind of. Kind of, yeah. yeah. And that's what that guy Rory Mac- McElroy looked like right. to me. Oh, yeah. And like, I'm no Caroline Wozniacki defender. I know there's a, lo- a lot of people, including uh, our friend who uh, was on the show who who had created Tennis Inside Out, mm-hmm. uh, who calls her her Polish princess. Right. Um, you know, there, she's got plenty of defenders, uh, and she looks damn good in a Stella McCartney outfit. I mean, I'll give her that. But sure. uh, just everything about her playing style just grates on me tremendously. It's, it just shows, like, such a tremendous lack of courage and imagination in my mind. Right. That said, when that dumb guy spurned her, I was like, oh, fuck that. You run that marathon, Caroline Wozniacki. <laughs> you run it in elite athlete time (laughs) yeah i mean mean, we we have been over like that you hate her because she like puts you back in a place of like losing to pushers when you're younger it's my own personal el wapo as as uh, (laughs) as you might say um but she did like marry a really fun goofy former nba player who was pretty good or they're engaged well they're not married yet but they're they're engaged engaged. oh wow that that was a little like you seem like you're skeptical that it's actually going to happen huh (laughs) That, that was your tone of voice. Like, whoa, whoa let's pump the brakes, Chris. There's, they're mean, not married. I mean, look, it's happened once before, but no, she's wearing a rock that's like the size of a brick. So. <laughs> she sure is. If that guy, if she gets left uh, again, at least I hope she gets to keep that thing because she can finance, you know, pretty much whatever she wants with it. Right. Um, no, I, w- I want nothing but happiness for her. I don't. I, know, I, I actually I don't w- w- wish any ill will on any of the players. All I do wish um, Coco Vanderway were a better sport. Yeah. Because she, she is fun to root for. Really fun to root for. I mean, her game is awesome. Yeah. Yep. And I love the fact that she's like a cocky, 
uh, sort of aggressive net playing doubles inclined. Yep. Like she's kind of a hoss is I think the word I would yes. use. Yes. Right. right. Very satisfying when she f- flattens out a ball and really like drives it through the court. Yeah. Very she's satisfying. got a cannon. Yep. That said, she's just kind of a dick. <laughs> right. Right. And she's, you don't need to be. No. And she's been around long enough. Like that's not changing. Like there's no. no yeah. Totally. Yeah, it was actually uh, on a on a friend's podcast. He does uh, the Tennis Nerd podcast, which is really good. Uh, a guy named Sean Kent, and he was asking me for like the villain of the year mm-hmm. and the player of the year, and I awarded both to Coco. Oh, nice, good choice. Because I thought she had a really good season. I mean, she performed well on all surfaces. She kind of mm-hmm. notoriously was bad on clay, just because she has such a big game. But this year, she did really, really well on clay yep. and won some pretty critical Fed Cup matches. But like, dude, if you win, don't be a bad sport if you lose, but really don't be a bad sport if you win. Yeah. Like, there's just absolutely no excuse. And speaking of Fed Cup, the worst moment for me of the year was when she beat Petco, who's awesome and nice, and you got to root for Petco all the time. But, yep. like, she didn't even shake her hand. Yeah. Right. Totally you know? unnecessary. Yeah. Just, yeah. And, like, she's like, beats her chest. It's just kind of like, dude, don't be that. That's such a bad look. Also, there are like, pl- plenty of, like, good Being a bad sport has no excuse. No. And they're like, like, I understand, like, some people, like, part of their thing is, like, psyching themselves up into hating their opponent. You know what I mean? Which is fine, but then just, like, fake it. Like, even if it looks fake, it's better than no handshake at all. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, you know Maria Sharapova is, like, clenching her jaw when she's got to shake someone's hand after oh, she yeah. loses. Right. But she doesn't. Yep. Yeah, she's <laughs> yeah. a pro. Dude, she's speaking pro. of Maria, like, yeah. I don't know if you saw this news today out of um, India. This seems kind of lame, but she's apparently under investigation for participating in some sort of housing development um, that she lent her name to, I think, in Bombay. Yep. Back in the courts. And yeah. Back in the courts. She can't escape the courts, which I don't bring up to, to, you know, draw additional blood, but just more like, man, what a bit of a letdown that whole thing was this year. I was right. really excited for her to come back. I really still hope she can, you know, make some deep runs. Not because I love her game or I love her or anything. Just she, the tour is more interesting when she's playing yes. well. And I, there are elements to her that I really like. Like she is formidably stubborn in a way that I really enjoy. And I, yeah. I would love for her to sort of, come back as a force as Aranka too and you know Kvitova for that measure too like I feel like there's a couple folks who kind of had false starts this year that I would love to see in 2018 yeah really you know perform perform closer to what I think their ability might be yeah so we got a lot to look forward to a lot to look forward to a lot to look forward to So we got a lot to look forward to. A lot to look forward to. A lot to look forward to. We should, though, uh, at the risk of ending on a down note, we should. One of our favorite players uh, passed away, Yana Namatna. Uh, really super sad, although it did give me reason to go back and look at YouTube highlights of her playing. She really is like a bridge player. Like, like she, I think she played against the Williamses, and they're mm-hmm. still playing professional. T- I mean, easily she did. And like her, like she was a women, uh, woman serve and volleyer who wear exclusively collared shirts and pleated uh, skirts. Like, oh, yeah. she might as well be from 1971 out there when, when you watch her play. It's crazy. It's I cra- love it. <laughs> yes. She was still playing the style of 1971 in, like, up until the mid to late 90s. Mid to late 90s. And she played, like, I don't I don't know if you've looked at the hi- hi- highlights or whatever, but her forehand and backhand, she played like someone who had gotten a tip from a coach and then was trying to implement it in an over-exaggerated kind of way. 
mm-hmm. where like <laughs> where like her forehand she would take this like really dramatic kind of stiff backstroke and then really like cup the ball almost like Edberg into a part of the court. Oh and, yeah, but that An was just her Eastern. extreme Eastern and just like weird. I mean, I understand why if you're serving volley, you you want to do that, but like that even makes her game look even like older and weirder and just fun to watch. She was so fun to watch. I did actually watch some highlights, but I didn't need to because I remember her game so so well. Yeah. Um, because I loved serving volleying. Um, when I found myself playing singles, which in a rare uh, feat earlier this year, I served and volleyed kind of to everyone's surprise. Oh. Um, and I was like, oh man, like, you know, I'm not six one. I mean, how tall was Yana Nevada? Six one? I think so, yeah. She was pretty tall. Yep. Um, you know, she would finish her serve at the service line, basically. Yep. And like those fluid half volley. I mean, what a beautiful game. Like yep. to me, there is, you know, even though I love Henan a lot because she, you know, sort of, she ma- remained relevant and do- even dominated for a time in like the era of big babe tennis. But yep. like Yanadana was of that era where she was, you know, where serving volleying was still a thing. Yeah. And um, by all accounts, she was like a lovely, like yep. incredibly thoughtful human being who I didn't know this, but drove Martina Navratilova to chemotherapy when she was battling breast cancer, which is ultimately what took Yana Navratilova's life at yeah. the age of like 49. 49. Was it 49? Yeah. Oh man, what a heartbreaker. And like, I remember one of our earliest podcast episodes, you and I talked about Yana Navratilova and the yips. Yeah. Um, because famously, even though this was not in fact a dex- textbook definition of the yips, she, you know, squandered a lead to Steffi Graf at Wimbledon and then famously cried, uh, you know, on a Royal shoulder. And the fact that she came back and redeemed herself a few years later, just, you know, can you imagine what's going through your head? Like, don't let this happen again. Don't let this happen again. You know, and what kind of like internal courage and sort of demons you have to face down to, to be in that position and not blow it the second time. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So no, super sad news. And she was super young. Oh, man, what a bummer. Young. Yeah, although I thought um, most of the obits and, like, Twitter things that I saw, uh, the picture they used was her holding the Wimbledon dish trophy. and not Which her, is awesome. Which is awesome. I just thought, like, oh, God, it's so good that she won. <laughs> because yeah. otherwise, every picture would have been of her crying. Every single one. Yeah, like, when Bill Buckner dies. Is Bill Buckner dead? Uh, I don't think so. I think Bill, Bill Buckner, <laughs> Billy, <laughs> Billy, I, ho- I hope you're out there doing well. Sorry, man, if yeah. you're alive, right. if you're a major listener, right. no disrespect intended. No, but like, you know, among the greatest like fuck ups in sports history, right. pretty hard to imagine that won't accompany his obit when he does die, right? Okay, so when he die, when he does die, Caitlin, we need to Photoshop Bill Buckner holding a Wimbledon trophy. And get, Great idea. Get that the out there Rose, on the net. Yep. Venus Rosewater Cup will just <laughs> make it seem like he won the dish. Exactly. Exactly right. No, but I think the, to, to sort of, yes, we are talking about something very sad. And I'm, yeah. I'm sad that she uh, passed away at such a young age and seemed to be pretty beloved. Yep. But, like, on the other hand, uh, you know, having pretty much a, a universally positive, wonderful outpouring of yes. memories about her and yep. everyone sort of being overwhelmed by how great she was which was was really nice to sort of indulge in yeah. uh you know for the last like couple of days yeah so r.i.p yana nevada like you were f- awesome and nobody nobody wore a headband on the women's tour nope. better than yana nevada nope. nobody and nobody ever will yep and like when i was like young and getting a tennis always you know before you could watch a lot of matches always super pumped when uh her match was going to be on start to finish like in a non-high lady kind of way but like the whole thing very exciting 
All right. Well, pouring one out, I'm going to pour out a little bit of my bourbon for Yana Nevada. <laughs> right. Now, Chris, yes. let me just, let's get real. Yeah. It's the off season. It's the off season. People are not really going to tune their TV sets or minds back to tennis until the very earliest end of December. Right. What should we do for 2018? Do you want to, do you want to hit it hard and just get back in the groove and just like be in people's fucking ears every week? <laughs> I think that we should be in people's ears every other week until Australia. How's that? Okay, I love it. Yeah, and we, and we should talk to some of your amazing tennis writers. No, issue number five is a pretty all-star lineup. I uh-huh. am incredibly excited about it. So I'm going to confidently say we will be speaking to Rachel Syme, uh-huh. a celebrated New York Times writer, New Yorker, Grantland, yep. wrote a story about scent and memory wow. for us. Ben Rothenberg visited a very weird esoteric man cave to witness <laughs> someone's like incredibly weird arcane tennis collection. Okay. We have a story about Pong. Oh. The video game. Okay. Yep. And the history of tennis video games. Um, uh, a trip to rural Japan where a photographer friend of ours basically gets his ass kicked by chain smoking 70 somethings. <laughs> I'm into that. Uh, yeah, it's a, uh, it's pretty awesome. And then Ivy Pachoda, who's an incredible fiction writer, um, has written a couple novels, wrote about growing up as a squash champion, uh, hmm. relating to Pete Sampras. So we had an occasion to use a photo of Pete Sampras vomiting on court against Alex oh. Karicha. Who could ever forget? Yep. yep. Who could ever forget? Who um, and lastly, forget? I want to talk to my friend Jesse Hardman, who is an LA-based journalist who went to Tijuana to check in on what's happening with Hialeah, you know? Because yep. why not? Right. Sure. So right. let's do it. Let's let's talk to some illustrious journalists in the next couple of months, and then you know that'll will practically be in tennis season by then. Practically be there. Uh, can't can't wait. I think uh, I think you know when you have young young children, the Australian is awesome because you're up anyway. It's great. Yep. All right. <laughs> they should make that the, the tagline: Australian Open. You're up anyway. <laughs> exactly. All right. Insomniacs and parents of young children. It's, it's like all diaper commercials the whole way. Exactly. The whole time. All right. all right. Chris, it's been an absolute pleasure. I'm glad we're still friends. I'm glad we saw the podcast. And uh, here's to a weird and interesting year. Yep. Look forward to it. You cannot be serious. That ball was on the line. Shock flew up. Oh, he's toying with him now. 